Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi guys, welcome to episode 110 of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. So today I have Julie Bruins with me. She's an Amazon number one best-selling author. Her book is entitled Peace, Possibilities, and Perspective, which makes me want to read it just by the title. (laughs) But there are so many good nuggets in our episode today. She is super passionate about her mission, which is working with corporations to help employees embrace workplace wellness. She also talks about technology and how, uh, believe it or not, having your iPhone close to you lowers your IQ. I didn't know that. (laughs) I believe it, though. So listen in as Julie and I have a conversation. It is so much fun, and there's lots of good stuff. Hi, Julie. It is so nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you, too, Heidi. So happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. We were chatting a little bit before we started um, recording and you showed me your view of the city, which is fantastic. So I'm just a little bit jealous, but uh, I have a beautiful view right now that is not normal, which is the snow. So, (laughs) but you're getting snow, which is you guys get way more snow than we do. Yes. Yes, we do. Ah, yeah. Well, you can handle it. I think, I think we just can't. So, all right. So I love, love, love to start out my interviews with a morning routine question because I'm kind of obsessed with that. I think that the way you start your day is so important. Um, How do you get your day started? Do you have a morning routine? I love this question and I'm so glad you're asking it because I don't think uh, people realize how impactful it is. I didn't until three or four years ago. I would just get up and start working, you know, open my email and, and, and like it, probably like most people in the world, you know, it's nothing right. wrong with it. It just doesn't set the tone for your day. So I started um, a gratitude practice and a meditation practice. And I started, I think I started the gratitude first. Um, my husband was on a business trip and I went with him and I was working in the hotel while he was at the conference. And that was just my way of like, I'm going to start a new routine because I'm gone. I write about this in my book. Um, but basically it's like, you know, your, your routine is your routine because you're at home and you're used to or wherever you go every day. It's what you're used to. But I was like, I'm not used to anything. I'm going to try something new. And instead of turning on the news every morning, just for like 10 minutes, just to warm up my house and my basement in the morning, I'm, right. like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to say three things I'm grateful for. I was reading about how important obviously gratitude was. And I was afraid that if I did it and like, had to write it in a journal or do it in a certain place or whatever, I wouldn't, I'd always find an excuse. So instead I just said to myself, I'm going to wake up before I even open my eyes, before my feet hit the floor. The first thing I'm going to do is say three things I'm grateful for. So I don't need my phone. I don't need my, you know, my journal writing's awesome, but if I don't have that, I can still do it. So I, three things I'm grateful for every morning, they can be big or little. And then um, I immediately go into meditation and I, I have an app on my phone I, I found it by accident when I was researching this topic several years ago, and it's called the Breathe app with, with two E's. I love it. And the nice thing about it for me is that I didn't want to just have music or just space and silence. Um, it's vi- visual guiding. Um, so you pick the topic that you want to focus on, like that morning you're feeling you want to be more successful that day or more confident or more, um, more in the moment or whatever you want to focus on. It has that topic. Okay. Because hundreds of them. 
and you pick the topic, like I want to work on loneliness or whatever it is. And it could be five minutes, it could be 20 minutes. So I scroll through, I'm like, what am I feeling today? And I pick the topic and I hit play. And I just lay there in my bed after my gratitude, three, three things of gratitude, and I meditate on something. Um, I have several meditations now. I have a file on my phone that I keep <clears throat> uh, visualizations and meditations in. And then I have this app and I go back and forth okay. and I pick a topic and I meditate for, it used to be 10 minutes because I'm like, I, I have to hurry up and get to work, right? Right. And now it's like half hour, hour sometimes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, good. The more so you do it, that's the thing about it. The more you do it, the more you want to feel that way because yeah. you're starting your day with all these awesome things that you're visualizing for your day. So you're like, oh, what else do I want to visualize? What else do I want to focus on? And it's all good stuff. So you almost don't want to stop. But then when you yeah. get up, you're, you have all this positive energy and, um, and focus instead of doing some of those other things I mentioned. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm so in there with you. I, I definitely have, I'm, my meditation um, is something that is so valuable to me. And I, I get that there have been times where like this last week has been kind of crazy. We have a renovation or whatever going on in our house and it's been snowing like crazy. And so I've been a little bit out of my routine and I hadn't meditated and done my grateful journal. I'm just telling you the difference it makes and I can't explain it. I guess I can, you know, I, I have, I, my meditation is where I get all of my inspiration for, for my podcast on Monday and it just comes to you and it's not anything you're not intentionally, the harder I try, the less it works. So right. if I just let it go and just meditate. So um, the breathe app though, I wanted to touch base on that. Is that B R E E T H? Uh, and then an E at the end, B-R-E-E-T-H-E, -E -E. yeah. Okay, I haven't heard of that. So I'm going to look that up. I'll, I That sounds really good to me. Yeah, because a lot of people say, I can't just lay there and think of it. I, I, I can't concentrate. I'll just lay there and and, and my my to-do list goes through my head. So for me, it was easier to say, like, so she'll say, you know, like letting go is whatever it is, waking yeah. up with great energy, whatever it is. But she, she walks you through it and there's some beautiful music in the background and there's calm talking, but it's not constant talking. It's just enough for you to focus on the thing that you want to improve on or feel better about. Yeah. So I you can have just um, one more thing. Sorry. Well, uh, you can have plain music. You can do like a bedtime hypnotherapy. There's all kinds of there's stories in there. There's more there's longer things that'll help you put you to sleep and, and all kinds of like healing things. Also, like bigger, bolder things. I just do little meditations. But if you're a person that loves music or she has a whole section where it's just sounds like, like fire, you want to go to sleep with rain, with the ocean, with crackling campfire, like you name it, it's there. Yeah, I love that. I I use the Calm app for sleep yeah. stories, and so there that it sounds similar, but um, that one sounds like I'm gonna give it. I'll take a look at it and I'll put it in the show notes too. So if anybody listening wants to to hear yeah. it as well, so okay, that's awesome. What a great great morning. So you you do that every day, or, or do you find times where you're like ah. I did, Monday I did. through Friday, every single, every single week, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, sometimes different, but those days aren't like a regular routine for me. So I might meditate, but I might just like grab a book and I'm reading now. So yeah. now I'm, so now I'm doing something. It's still meditative, Yeah. Um, but yeah, every day. So it's not, it's not something I like that where it's not something you're just like, make yourself do it. So you give yourself a break and I, I, you know, it's, it's, that's the way to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your mission. Uh, your mission, and it sounds like so much fun what you do, um, it's to help companies embrace workplace wellness. And man, does that sound like something we need. So how has that evolved in light of COVID? Like that has to be, has that has to have changed. <laughs> well, so the, the beauty of it is 
it it the idea came well before COVID, but it's it's like it it doesn't really need to evolve because everything that I talk about in my book and my podcast and my writing is um, and in my workshops that I deliver to companies is all all of the topics lend themselves to a more peaceful, happy, content life for you professionally or personally. And with COVID, it's just like we need more of it. Wow. So right. So um, some people will get tripped up on the workplace wellness because they're like they think of health and, and it's actually just more, more clinical. Right. Um, but it's really just it's, it's getting more familiar, that term, because people because of everything that happened with COVID. But it's also um, people will embrace it more when they say, you know, employee engagement or employee happiness and contentment and all of that, because employees are distracted and disconnected and dissatisfied because they're they're not in their normal routines or not. They're not collaborating with people at work like they normally would in person. They're not getting that that they're not getting that live human being connection that they're used to. And they're more distressed and they're more dissatisfied. And people think they know why. It's like, oh, it's just because I don't have my normal routine. It's like, no, it's because you need human connection and you need to bounce Thank ideas off each other and energy and all of that. And um, Thank you for saying that because I... I, you know, people say, oh, I think it's a new norm and, you know, that people are going to be working from home. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I think people need interaction. I know I do. I'm, it's huge for me. And, yeah. and I can't imagine people that, uh, and I have lots of friends that are working from home that normally didn't, and they mm -hmm. don't love it, you mm -hmm. know, and so they want to go back to work and mm -hmm. kids want to go back to school. And so I think, that what you're doing, I mean, I, I love that you said it was the same thing before COVID as it is now with COVID, because it's, you know, wellness doesn't, didn't just begin with COVID, right? right. Wellness right. in the workplace, we needed it before, and now we do need it more than ever. So, right. um, so you, you kind of answered my, my next question, which was, do people like, have you found that people like working from home or they want to go back to the office? So I ran into this girl in my building the other day because they just opened up the, I live in a high rise, they opened up the top floor, like it's this lounge area where you can go work and you could have parties. Yes. Does it have a view like you have? Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's better. Oh. And, um, and I was up there just working and so was she, she was on a business call and when she got off the phone, I, I, I just was talking to her and she's like, she's, she looked like defeated almost like, um, like she's tired of it, you know, like it's nice. We can all be comfy in our, in our comfy clothes and not have to go out, but it's like, it's getting old and it's yeah. getting old because it's like, we're, it's, we're not meant to be sitting home by ourselves in our apartments or our homes every single day That's talking right. to a computer. I mean, I love that we can at least talk live to people and everything. And I'm, I'm all for that technology, but I mean, we're supposed to be connecting, like feeling the energy from other people and all of that good stuff that comes with it. And she's, she was a lot younger than me, but I, I could just tell, I think originally people were like, oh, this is awesome. And my yeah. son, same thing. It's like, they like it's good for a little bit. And it's like, this isn't good for me. Like people realize pretty quickly mentally that it's not so great every single day. My husband's one of those people. He's like, I can't sit in the house all day. I need to get out. No. It's not going to be good for me. So I think most people, are, I think what I found to answer your question is most people are more like, this is nice a couple of days a week. And then I want to be in the norm within the office a couple of days a week. So there's going to be more of this hybrid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's a good change. I think that's a valid um, statement that maybe it'll be more flexible. People will be able to go in when, and maybe they work from home a couple of days a week. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think that's a good, that would be a good meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So you um, do workshops and um, I, I have a question about that because you have great reviews on your workshop. So people love them, obviously. Mm. And I'm wondering, like, were you nervous with your first workshop that you did? And how did you get into doing workshops? 
So I've always been in learning and development in my over 20 year career. So I have a business degree, a marketing and economics undergrad degree, and then I um, have a master's in teaching. So I knew I wanted to teach. Okay. So I was never nervous being in front of people only because I love teaching and I love learning and helping people learn. So when I got into the corporate world and I to combine my, my um, master's degree with my business degree, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to teach in schools. I tried that. I'm like, this is not for me. This is not my, where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, I'll do this in the, in the corporate environment. And there's all kinds of cool training and leadership development and learning in, in corporate America. So I started with software training. It's the first training job I ever had. And I got a job with the company and they taught me all about their software. And then I, when the clients bought the software, I went and taught them on how to how to use it. So initially my first experiences with talking in front of clients, I was sitting at this massive table or in the front of the room and everyone had to learn the software so they could do their jobs. So it's easier in that regard because they're not just, you're not up there, you're delivering a message, but they're like, they're intent and they're a little scared because, oh no, we're going to get this software and I better learn how to use it so I can do my job well. Right. Um, but when I started transitioning and, and doing more of these workshops, it's always kind of on the side, you know, like I have this idea, can we try this? And I would give these other workshops just for fun, not even involved in my regular day-to-day -day jobs. Um, those were fun because I was up there talking about things I love talking about that I'm passionate about. So right. I never was super nervous. Okay. I like being, yeah, I, I like being in front of, I don't like being in front of people. I like sharing the information I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I don't think of it as I'm getting up in front. I think of it as I can't wait to share this stuff because it's cool and people are going to be excited about it. So that's how I get around like standing in front of people being nervous. I just think like you guys, are, you're going to be, you're going to feel so much better once I tell you what I have to tell you today. That's how I think of it. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. That, that actually makes a lot of sense because I know when I first, I, my first experience with uh, training was Executrain. Do you remember Executrain? Totally. So I worked for Executrain. Okay. And I was a sales rep for them for a very long time. And there were times when they would, a, a trainer would call in sick or something and they'd be like, Heidi, you know, PowerPoint so well, because you, you have to teach this class. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so I would get in there and of course, you know, I just knew it by using it and it mm -hmm. went fine and it was a lot of fun. So I, I can see that where if you really know it well, but then they would throw me in like an Excel class. And I didn't do so well because I'm not, yeah. I don't use that every day. So you're kind of like very nervous. And you know, if they, if, uh, if, if the students see blood or, or smell yes. blood, they're going to, they're going to bite and attack. And, and it was, there were some times where I was like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, okay. So that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, you know, your, your product really well and you're passionate about it. And when you're sitting in an audience and someone is passionate about and knows their, their topic very well, it's mesmerizing. I love that. It is. You're right. It's mesmerizing. And there will always be people, no matter what you're talking about, there's always going to be a couple of people in the audience that want to trip you up. Yeah, sure. And yeah. And I just, it, it has, number one has nothing to do about with you, no matter how prepared or whatever. There are just people that want to challenge you for themselves, their ego. And I always just put it back like, oh, that's interesting. I just ask them another question. Like what's making you say that? Or, or I would love to talk to more about that. I'm, I have a few more other things to say. Let's, let's talk about that, you know, later, but I, I validate what they're saying because it's really more about them and their feeling. And, and I don't, I used to get, when I was younger, I used to get like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I can answer that question. So now I just start all my workshops with you're probably gonna ask questions that I don't have necessarily have the answer to and that's fine and I'm gonna try to find the answer for you I'm gonna help I'm gonna give you to somebody else that has it um, I love questions that I don't know the answer to that means I get to learn something else and no one's ever gonna stand up there and have the answer to every single thing 
Well, so, you, you can't even be expected to do that. Like my, right. my trade, um, by trade, I'm trained for as an interior designer and, and I, that's always going to be one of my passions. Right. So I do that as well, but it, I used to get so nervous about going into clients. Like, what if they asked me, what if they, you know, I don't know the name or how to pronounce a, a designer fabric name or something yeah. like that. And you're just like, why does it matter? Like you could yeah. learn or even if somebody asks you something and you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know that, but I'm going to find out. Like you said, right? people love right. that. People love that answer. And yeah. um, they don't expect you to know everything about everything. They just, they just want to know that you can help them. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. you're competent, you know, I, I think, I think, I think passion and is, is more important than anything. When you're passionate about a comp, um, a topic, you, you dive into it and you, nothing bores you about it. Right. Right. <laughs> like you said, then the audience is more, they're more engaged and more mesmerized because they're like, they can tell that you're like, oh, and this and this. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So then let's talk a little bit about technology because we're so tied to it. And I feel like with us being at home, just like with our Zoom call, you know, we're tied more and kind of attached more to technology, especially our phones. I mean, it's rare to see someone. In fact, we were um, in Park City snow skiing with some friends and my friend was standing talking to a couple of the young girls working, trying to get our skis together. And they said, well, just all you have to do is get on your phone and just put your size in there. And she goes, I, I don't have my phone. And they, they were so just in awe that she had left her phone. I mean, they really just couldn't believe that she didn't leave her, that she left. I'm going to go skiing. What do I need my phone for? We laughed so hard about it because it's like that generation, I think they're born <laughs> with the phone mm -hmm. in their hand. Mm -hmm. They're born knowing how to do that. So how you talk about how that has an impact on us. Can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that technology? Yeah. So there's so much research out there, scientific, uh, people write about it all the time. So, um, your phone, so Robin Sharma, he's a, um, he's a, an executive uh, leadership coach. Now, um, he's got a couple of books out, Robin Sharma. And one of his books talks about, uh, I think I read this in one of his articles, um, talks about how your phone will, talks about multitasking and he also talks about how your phone actually lowers your IQ when it's in the same room with you so um, whether even if it's even if it's off so it's really about like getting your phone out of your environment while you're working on whatever you're working on um, because it actually affects your brain even though um, you would think it's even if it's off because you're yeah. like your 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 energy is like you're, like you look over at it like it's gonna ding or you it's you, know, you have this like obsessiveness about you know that dopamine hit like I'm, am I did someone need something from me is there something I'm waiting for me all of that um, so it actually changes the way you work because it it impedes you it's, it, it distracts you so his advice is to get it out of the room if you're trying to focus on something wow okay yeah so one of my mindfulness workshops I did last summer was about um I was talking about mindfulness but really the, the subject was how multitasking affects your brain because in the opposite is being mindful and being in the moment, but the multitasking actually, so I know that women, especially I write about this in my book, we're, we're really good at multitasking men, not so much, but guess what? Men are usually paid more and, and do better and are more successful faster. Maybe this is the key. Like they're not as good at multitasking because they focus on one thing at a time, but women, uh, everyone, um, when we're multitasking, our brain is only actually doing any one of those tasks at 40% capacity. 
So if you think about that, like, would you ever be proud of like leaving all the stuff you just did, the 10 things or five things you just finished and say like, I just multitasked all that. And well, you did everything at 40% level. No. Like can you never say to your kids or, you know, anyone that you were mentoring, like, go ahead and just do that half, half ass. Just, just do That's that. Like at that's yeah. like a D, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like you would never, no one wants to perform that way. No one's ever told to perform that way, but that's what happens when, because our brains actually can't do two things at once. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. There's tons of research. It's so fascinating. It's all about like neuroplasticity and neuroscience. It's, it's very, it's very fascinating, but it's um, this one, and I didn't write about this in my book, but maybe I'll like, I'll do a little, um, I'll add a chapter to it in the future, but it's about this study from the University of London and they did a study on what happens when you're trying to multitask when you're like listening to a webinar, for example, and then you're writing an email on the side. Right. It, your brain actually goes from the IQ that it normally has to the IQ of an eight-year-old kid. And it actually is equivalent to smoking marijuana. So oh, wow. when you're multitasking, it actually, your brain gets to the IQ level of an eight-year-old child. So I joke, I joked in one of my workshops last summer, why, why? Would you ever tell an eight-year-old kid, just will you just go write this email for me while I'm at this webinar and then send it when you're done? <laughs> like to a colleague or a client or a boss, you would not, you would never. But that's what you're doing when you are not focusing. Wow. I never thought about that. But if I mean I've never really actively thought about it, but I know I can't even listen to music. So when I write my episodes for Monday, I can't listen to music because my brain wants to think about the lyrics or wants yeah, to, wants to, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. I have to, I'm a single focused person. Yeah. You saying that the iPhone actually lowers your IQ. I have a question about that, that, that goes beyond what you were talking about. And I wonder what you have to say about that. Okay. So I have found myself, if somebody asks me a question, I'm like, Oh, I'll just Google it. Yeah. Instead of your brain working to kind of think about it like, okay, I know the answer to that mm -hmm. you immediately to your phone. I think that that is something that is probably hindering us more too, is that you aren't, you're relying so much on your technology and not on your brain, which is actually very intelligent. Yes, I totally agree. So I talk about this in my book um, about all the wisdom that we actually have inside. And I agree, there's things you have to look your phone up like, how big is a whatever like it's a scientific thing you have the, the fact is there it's not in your brain it's, it's here unless you learned it somewhere else and you can, you can access it from a year ago or whatever right. so there are things of course you need to look up on your phone you know what, who, how old is Clint Eastwood watching a movie you know like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff you have to you, you have your phone right but the other things you know like when you have questions and I did this um activity um, probably like four to six months ago, it was um, based on a, a podcast that Amy Porterfield did, and she's an online marketing guru, and um, she basically was like, sit down for um, was it 20 minutes or an hour and write down like all the questions you have about your business and your life or your work and see if you can't answer them yourself, see what the answers come to you. It's a very cool exercise. I think it's called super thinking or something. Yes, yes. And um, it was very uncomfortable. I've only done it once, but, and I have this book here, it's, it's in here and I did it. And I wrote all the stuff down that I was wondering about, and you would be amazed at the answers that came. And I wanted to pick up my phone to get distracted, to look at something else. And I did not let myself and like 20 minutes in, I'm like, okay, this is boring. And then I write another question and I'd write another answer one hour. It was torturous, but I have pages and pages of the questions and the answers that I don't need to go to other people for. I already know them. I you know, like, that. what's the next thing I should do? What's good for my business? You know, 
whatever it is. Um, it was a really cool exercise. I don't know if she learned it from someone else or what. I want to credit the right person, but I definitely heard it from her. But I and I told some of my friends to try it. And of course, it's it's not something you normally do. You're like, oh, I'd go read a book or I would listen to someone else tell me. But it's like, no, listen to yourself. We are wise beyond uh, what we think we are. Yeah. And um, when we can just go in and you get a lot of this from meditation, the more you meditate, the more that stuff just comes to you, Absolutely. you know, accidentally, it just, it's, it's flowing through you more, more easily. And then when you go to ask those questions later, because you already have this practice um, that you're doing every day, they, the answers come to you more quickly. Right, right. I, I think yeah. that is brilliant. I love that idea. I actually have heard something similar, but it's, it's actually a little different. Do you ever listen to Brooke Castillo's podcast? Mm, Brooke Castillo? Yeah, yeah. Listen, let, check her out. Um, her, okay. her earlier podcasts, I really, really, really love. She is, and she's really good. I think you might like her. Um, okay. but, you know, she talks about um, question fatigue or why fatigue. And it's like, you ask, you, you don't even think about trying to get the question, the answer yourself. Like she said, people would do this to her as the CEO of her company. They'd be like, Hey Brooke, what about this? And she'll be like, you know, the answer to that. You're just yeah. lazily not yep. wanting to come up with it. And I want you to go back to your office and I want you to find that answer without looking at anything, you know, basically I, stop yeah. thinking. And I thought, Ooh, that's a little bit harsh, but so true. You know, I, mm -hmm. so many times I want to just, it's easier just to ask somebody else when you kind of, you know, the answer to that, you know, so. Uh, and also it's easier to ask somebody else and get the answer. And then you're not accountable for it. I, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. If someone else gives you the answer and then you do that, you can be like, if it's wrong, yeah. it's not your fault. Well, that's your, yeah. It's so, you know, so, so it's like, oh, what do you think? Yeah. My husband will do that sometimes. He's like, no, it's like, you already have something in mind and we do that with each other a lot, but it's like, um, because you can blame the other person later instead of just saying, you know, I think I'm going to try this and I have to risk something. It's easier to let someone else risk it than, a, than for you to risk it. Yep. Yep. I love that. Okay. That is really good. Um, all right. So, so then let's talk about, um, in your testimonials I talked about earlier, they're really good. Like people really, I would love to listen in on one of your workshops. Yeah. I'm going to do one soon. So I'll invite you. Yes. I would love that. Please let, please. I would love it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so they talk about, we talked a little bit about multitasking, which we just talked about that. Um, it's easy to get very overwhelmed because we're all so super busy. But yep. you say multitasking, um, you talk about multitasking as only 40%, right? You, you're yeah. you can only, you're only do doing anything at 40% capacity if you're doing more than one thing at a time, yeah. Okay, so then do you say, okay, write this thing down and do it later? Or how do you effectively take all the ideas in your brain that you or all the things that you have to do and do them at 100% or 90% or whatever? Yeah, so what I do, this was worked, and I say just do whatever works for you. But if I'm having a conversation, like my husband, since my book was released, you know, recently when we're talking at night and we're catching up on things, he'll say, what about this? I'm like, that's a great question. I'll just put it in my phone, it's nearby, or I'll write it down on a sheet of paper. I don't write in pen and paper, but right. um, I'll write it somewhere so that I'm capturing it. So I don't have to go to bed thinking about all those and do that list in my head. Like I forgot about this. What if I wake up and I forget to do that? I don't want to have to have that in my brain. So I write it down. I put a note in my phone or in my calendar or whatever. And I remind myself, I did this last night. I had a ton of stuff to follow up with today. And so, cause I watched a podcast yesterday, this morning, 
I had a list. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm just going to go through. And I have a great photographic memory anyway. So I, I just started going through it when I got up. I knew I'm going to spend an hour doing everything. And then I went to look back at my list and almost I did almost everything on there without even looking at it because I just have a good memory. It's, that's not everyone. I get it. But um, I do that so that I can say, all right, I'm going to write this email. I'm going to send two thank you emails. I did that. Okay. I'm going to, I have to follow up. Someone asked me for more information done. I want to, you know, send an invite for this meeting done. I just go back and look at, you know, and check out my phone, make sure I did everything, but I didn't, I was tempted to start doing, going through my email and, and going through other things that people were asking me about. I'm like, no, I committed to doing this today. That's how I wrote my book. I committed to writing every day for two hours. Yeah. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not looking at my email. No one's saying, hey, Julie, why don't you reply to me yet? You know, they, I decide what I'm going to be doing That's and creating. Fine. Yeah. That's no one's holding a gun to my head saying, why don't you check your email at 830 today? It's, it's 1030 now. Who cares? Um, unless you committed to doing something, right? So I, you're, I just heard something, was it last night or today? I think it was on med meditating today. Someone said, you are the only person that's going to create what you want in your life. You are the only person. Yes. So if you don't have what you want in your life and you're not getting done what you want to get done, you're the only person that can change it. Yeah. Um, you can blame for it, that whatever. Like you, you're, you're not a victim. You are creating your life as you want it. So if you want something in your life, you, you, you're responsible for making that happen. I love that so, so much. That's how I look at it now. I've been doing, it's like, I'm not, the shoulds, especially with women, it's always like, I should be doing this. I should, who's, who's telling you that? My husband doesn't tell me that. Yeah. My, my dad said, Julie, you should be, that That was my mom talking. That right. was my sister talking, right? Those are our friends or, or really probably not our friends, other people. That's mostly our voice. Um, so I'm like, right? It's like, it, we're, we're doing it to ourselves and we're not healthier for it. We're not making more money for it. We're not freer for it. We're, we're, we're making everything worse. So it's like, I'm not thinking like that anymore. It's like, I'm going to create what I want. And, um, and then I can, then I'm, then I'm responsible for having it. Yeah. And along that same line of thought, um, I interviewed a guy, one of my first interviews and it was so good. And I love to follow him on. His name is Ed Lattimore. And he's, um, he says all the time, no one's coming to save you. Right. So I, I never forgot that because yeah. women, I think, and it, I think it's more women than it is men. We have a tendency to think, Oh, somebody, you know, can save us or somebody, you know, somebody needs to help me do this or somebody, yeah. I need help. No, <laughs> yeah. you can do it. And if you, if you do actually need help, ask for it and get right. it, you know, right. and that's, that is because nobody's reading your mind. It, we have right. to be so certain of what we want and then yeah. create it. And mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you're doing that. I love that you're talking yeah. about it. I love all of it. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I, I love it. Right. We, we have the answers inside. And then like you said, and then ask for help. You, you, you can't do anything on your own. I've been talking to a lot of people on my podcast every week too. It's like you, you ask for support, ask for help. There's people out there that are experts in things that you're not. So you can have the wisdom and the ideas and like the intuition to know what the next step is. But then when you say, I know what the next step is. I don't have everything I need yet. That's when you can go ask other people. Listen, I'm trying to create this. Can I have help with it? Like my book, I wrote it. I, I'm done with that. What, what do I do now? How do I get it into the world? So I started asking people like, what do I need to do? Oh, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person, try this program. Then you with your wise self, get to decide what the right thing is for you. But at least now you have choices because you asked. That's right. And I'm saving yeah. talking about, I'm so excited to talk about your book. I'm saving that until the last so that we can end on that because it's such a cool. huge note. Um, but, but yes. Okay. So then we talked uh, about creating, I, I agree with you. I write everything down 
Um, and when I write them down, now I'm a day planner girl. So I have had moments of trying to do technology. I actually like to write it down, look at it. And I am like you, I don't have to have my day planner with me. If I've written it down for the day, I have found that no matter what I do, even if I don't want to do something or it's out of the way, if I've written it down that it's going to get done and I'm out and about, say like, I have to take something to get it um, altered or something like that. It happens regardless, just because my brain is like, in the background going, you got to do this. You got to do this. Even though I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So so there, I I think there's something to that. So yeah, I think um, you're right. All right. So you have a a gratitude practice and we, you do talk about gratitude in some of your workshops, I think, or I've heard you talk about. Yeah. So it's, it's a workshop and it's a chapter. Yeah. Chapter. Okay. Okay, Yes. Yes. Well, I can't, I can't wait to read your book because it's, it's getting me kind of excited to read, to read it. So yeah. But how do you, how can someone begin that's listening? Let's say someone's listening and they're like, okay, <laughs> I've got nothing to be grateful for right now. You know, mm. the world is not my friend at the moment. How can someone begin to practice gratitude, even when they aren't feeling like they have anything to be yes. grateful for? Well, it's, it's a great question. And it's one of my favorite ones because um, there's always something to be grateful for. So the, the part, the hard part to conceive is how am I going to have more of what I want by focusing on the things I have? And that's exactly when you're going to get more of what you want. When you focus on all the negative things in your life, I'm sure you notice, anyone can just do this experiment. You start thinking about all the crap, you like you get cut off on the street and in, in your car, right? And then you go to the grocery store and someone stand, is rude at, at the checkout counter. And that, like it goes on and on and on because you're focusing on all those little negative things that are happening to you. You keep, you, you get more, it's not an accident. It's because that's what you're focusing on. So what you focus on expands, right? That's not a new concept. In gratitude, you wake up in the morning, you're like, I don't have the job I want. I don't, I'm not in a house I want. I don't have the love of my life, whatever it is that you want. And you start saying to yourself, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. The universe here is, I'm lacking, I'm lacking, I'm lacking. And guess what you create? More of lack, more, more of the same, nothing that you want. But if you wake up and say, you don't ever say to yourself, when I never say in the morning when I'm practicing gratitude, I sure do wish I, I had more clients. I sure do wish I had more money coming. And I say, I'm so grateful for the relationships I've been building lately. I'm so grateful that I um, have this warm, comfortable bed to sleep. And I'm so grateful that my husband makes sure that I um, have what I need or in the morning so that I can meditate and, and I'm not disturbed. I'm so grateful that and there's, uh, there's a million things you can be grateful for. You have a roof over your head. You have family and friends that love you, whatever it is. Um, there's always something tiny to be grateful for. And if you start focusing on, and it's only three, like it can be overwhelming to say 10 things. Well, you probably could find 10 easily if you thought about it, but at least three, there's something right in your bedroom. There's three things you can be grateful for. So you have clothes on your back. You have, you know, a pillow that you like, you have sheets, whatever it is. Um, So I would say, start with the smallest thing. And as you concentrate on those things that um, you're grateful for, you will start getting more of them in your life. And you'll be like, why you it's hard to it's hard to explain how this works with someone who's never really thought about energy and, and spirituality before. But really, is everything is energy? I talk about this, and I keep saying I talk about this in my book because it it really is everything I'm saying is stuff I've been talking about for years. No, but it's but good because it gets us excited. Yeah, yeah, everything is energy. Every single thing you see is energy, yeah. and if you think about like scientifically, um, every little the body is made up of like 99.9999% space 
and only like honest to God, it's like 0.0001% matter, like physical matter of your body. Like it seems like there's a lot more in there. There's way more space than there is matter in your body, which means in all that space attracts energy and there's energy flowing through your body. So this might be a little woo woo for some people, but it's, it's factual. You can read about it. There's people, doctors writing about it all the time now, neuroscience and epigenetics and everything. But the point is, when you're focusing on negative or positive, whatever you're focusing on draws more of that same energy to you. So if you're focusing on negative things, more negative things come. If you're focusing on positive things, more positive things come. It's such a simple practice. It doesn't cost any money. That's what I love about it. It doesn't barely takes any time. It takes seconds. If you only do three of them under a minute, everyone can do it. And if you don't believe me, just try it. Just start doing it and see what happens. It's like, do the that, experiment. That is, that's what I was going to say is that it, it, for some people who are, I'm naturally optimistic. Uh, so my, my set point is naturally like just happy. Right. And yeah, so yeah. I, it just, I've, I've noticed though, as I've gotten to a certain age, like if hormones are a little off or something, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or not, but like my hormones. And so I notice I'm like, when you are not feeling optimal, you have to do things to help yourself improve that mood because it, what you focus on, if you're going negative, you're so right. You know, yep. it, you can easily create a problem in your life where there wasn't one because you're focusing on stupid little negative Wrong thing. things. Yeah. And so, so yes. Okay, good. I love that. And I think that if people listening, just, just practice this, if nothing else, being grateful for three things in the morning and seeing how that changes your mood. Because <laughs> so you wake I, up like thinking like, Lou, look at me. I am, that did feel good. My sheets are nice. I have a great pillow. I have yeah. warm boots to put on, whatever it is. Like I have what I need. And then you start the day with like, okay, I do. Like you have a little bit more pep in your stuff. But if you well, wake up I'm like happy. dreading that, and, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. The, it's so- the, the alternative is, is no good. <laughs> you know, that's what I always say. You know, people are like, why, why would you be optimistic just for, you know, it's just so free-free. I'm like, what's your, what's your, what's your alternative? Yeah. You know, what's your alternative? What, can it just be negative? Just feel more like crap. Yeah. Be negative and then have more of that in your life. Why? Right. Exactly. Right. And it's just so much more fun to be happy. So, <laughs> okay, so that, meant to be. we're meant to be, that's the whole point. To be happy. That's right. So I, I love to talk about happiness too, because wildly successful lifestyles to me, every single one has to include being happy of, you know, happiness of some sort. So I want to ask you from your perspective, like what you think the key to happiness is. Ooh, that's a good that's a question. Big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I would say, I know I would say like having, waking up every day with something that you feel purposeful and, and passionate and, and believe, yeah. um, that you want to share, like sharing your gifts with the world is really the key to happiness. Because if you don't take what you have in your life and in your, in your being and in your psyche and your wisdom and everything and share it with other people, um, you, you're, the the contribution you're making and the service you're providing and all of that is, is going to make everything in your life better, your relationships, your, your health. I mean, all, it's all connected, but if you wake up and you don't have any of that, it's like that, um, that, that's, 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 
statistic about retirement, how people like people will retire and then they'll just, their health will decline and they'll be more depressed and they're lonely and they're not connecting and everything. Okay. They don't have a purpose anymore. Like you have to get up and even if you're, it does, you don't need to make any money, you have to wake up and say like, what am I doing today? I mean, I have friends that have, that are wealthy and they'll say, you know, like I need, I need something to do. They need some purpose. Absolutely. If they're not parenting anymore, if they're not working anymore, they need something to, to um, contribute to. I so, love that. Yeah. What is that for you? That is yeah. really, really good. I love the answer that you gave, waking up feeling purposeful. You know, I, I have friends that had have had children and of course they grow up and they go to college and mm. it's like, you know, dra dragging them out of bed because they almost have nothing to, you know, do anymore, like nothing yeah. to live for because their kids yeah. are off doing their own thing. And, yeah. and so I would always encourage, I love that answer. And I would encourage everyone that even if you have little kids right now, start working on something that gives you purpose, even if yes. it's just volunteering or something, because okay. the happiest people do always have a purpose. They've got something. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I um, started this podcast, that was for purpose because in interior design, you know, with, and it just worked out so beautifully because with COVID, you're not doing interior design in other people's homes, you know, right. or any of it at all. So it just, it started being so like purpose driven because I'm like, what can I do to add to people's happiness right now? Yeah. And so it does give you purpose. And I love that. Thank you for that answer. Um, okay. Let's talk about this fabulous book. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so excited about uh, congratulations on being a number one bestseller on Amazon. Thank you. So exciting. I cannot even imagine. So the name of it is peace possibilities and perspective, which makes me want to read it just by the title alone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, you just, I know people can't see because you're, we're doing audio, but just for you, it's like, it's like the most beautiful cover. It's just like, it is, it is I, so beautiful. I, it. I want to sit in that chair. So I love it. Yes. That's a All right. Set. So then let's talk about, um, let's just talk about the book. Like, can you give us a sneak? You kind of have been talking about it though, really yeah. getting us excited about reading it, but you talk about eight secrets to serenity and satisfaction. And I don't want you to give us all of them because I yeah. want to read the book and give us something. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about like, what made you think about like writing this book? What was it? You know, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's been, it, um, I have been these concepts in the book, the topics that each chapter is a secret um, to more peaceful, content, happy living, basically, when in your personal or professional life. I've always been one of those people that was searching and, and learning and, and figuring things out um, as I was going. And, and, but along the way, if I couldn't have the job I wanted or the promotion I wanted or the pay I wanted or whatever it was in between, I had to figure out a way to be happy um, in, in, in during whatever I was transitioning to because I knew that that was the key to getting the next thing I wanted or, or the place I wanted or the role I wanted or whatever. And these are everything that I talk about in this book are things that have made my life more fulfilling and um, more peaceful and more satisfying because everything in here I'm talking about is stuff that you can do every day. Um, you can do it if you have a job, if you don't have a job, if you're a CEO of a company, if you're 22 years old, if you're in high school, you can do everything I talk about in this book and everything in there in it's free also, which is nice. Um, and there's no like uh, formula. It's just think about these concepts and how they apply to your life and go out every day, like with the first chapter is possibilities. And it's really about, and that's why it's in the title, peace, possibilities and perspective. I want people to be peaceful and like content and content doesn't mean like 
I don't love my life and I'm not going to do anything about it. That's just like a, like an internal, like I'm content with that, how everything is right now. And I'm, 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 ha I'm good. I'm, I'm, I have what I need, that kind of contentment um, in, in peace. And then possibilities, like you might be content and you might have everything you need right now, but you also really want to dream big and you, you know, that there's more uh, out there for you. And you know that you have great ideas and you want to see them fulfilled and you want to be around people that are going to support your dreams and, and, and bring all your gifts into the world. And that's what the possibility is all about. Like, don't ever stop, don't ever stop um, searching for that and, and being in that mindset, because that's, what's going to get you what you want ultimately and keep you super happy and probably wealthy too. Um, and then having perspective, like everything, every single day, whether something good or bad is happening to you, it's all about perspective. Things can always be worse. Um, things could always probably be a little bit better, but in the big scheme of things, do you, you know, love the people in your life? Are you, do you have what you need? Do you, do you have purpose every day when you wake up? Like, are you connected to good people? All of those, are you being grateful every day and mindful and, you know, being a better human being doesn't take a ton of effort, but it takes practice. You know, you, you, you don't all of a sudden have um, a book because you, it's just not magic. You have to work at it every day. You have to do a little something every day to reach your goals. Um, and when I say do, like it's, I'm also, I also don't want people to think that if you're not performing and doing something that, that you don't have value, it's like, but you know, being sometimes is even more valuable. And there, there's a studies about super famous people that do this every day. They, like I'm saying I'm meditating almost an hour every day. There's people that do this for a couple hours. They just give themselves like, it's called genius time or you could call it super thinking, but there's no technology. There's no conversation. There's no meetings. It's like, they're trying to um, manifest more of their wisdom and their strengths and figure out what creative projects they wanna work on. They're doing all of that because they know that they have to go in here to reflect on what they need to produce it out here, you know? It's so- um, So true that. Yeah. That point alone, I think, you know, you, you talked about um, in, internal things. I think a lot of times people, until you get to a certain point where you have things, you realize that those are not the things that make you happy. It's, right. you have to get that happiness from inside because yeah. a new car, let's say you get a new car and you don't pay cash for it, right? So yeah. you have four months down the road, you're still, you're paying for it. Or even let's say two years down the road, yeah, yeah. You're paying for it. It's, you're kind of tired of the car, but you still have the payment. You right. know? So it's that newness that wears off. And so you have to find a way to be happy with, well, actually I say happy and then, right. You talked yeah. about your life where you had to find a way to be happy where you are because you know, that's, what's going to take you to the next step. Right. I love that so much because people think they need to be, do the next thing to be happy. And it's not, that's kind of backwards. Like you have mm -hmm. to be happy and then do the next then thing. Then do the next thing. Stop searching for happiness and just be present. And when you're present, you're generally happy. Yeah. I love what you said about finding internally. Cause it's really like, um, it's not the thing, it's the feeling. There's a lot of books about this too. You don't really want the new car. You want the feeling the new car gives you. You don't really want the promotion. You want the feeling of being respected and admired and more money and whatever. You, 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 there's a feeling associated to it. So figure out the feeling you want. And there's probably more than one thing that can get you that feeling. Um, How but do you, you get that feeling? Because that feeling is what you're looking for. Yes, exactly. Are you familiar with uh, Abraham's work? Um, Esther Abraham Hicks? Yes, Esther Hicks at uh, yes, I have the book right over here. Um, Ask and it is given. I have it. I love that book and it changed my life. I read it a couple of years ago, but I've been reading similar books to that for yeah. years. 
So I listen to a podcast every morning that is just a snippet of um, when she's done workshops. And Mm. I've actually been to one of her workshops. So cool. Yeah, it was, it's, it's really something to behold, but um, a lot of this goes in line with what she talks about because, and I, I say she, it's, you know, it's, it's weird to talk about it because yeah, yeah, I love it. Yes. You don't understand. You don't understand. But anyway, right. um, for those of you listening and you're totally confused, you can go look it up. It's the Abraham Hicks. Uh, she does a workshop series and you can find out for yourself what, yes, yes. what it is, but it's so good. And it just puts me in a place every morning where I'm like, okay, I'm responsible for my own happiness. I'm responsible for every single thought that comes out of my brain. And I think that's what you're trying to help people with when you have with this book is you're like responsible, be responsible for your thoughts. Yes. Mike Dooley does a, it's called a, the TUT, T-U-T. He talks about like, he does lessons from the universe. He's an awesome guy. And he, his big thing is thoughts create things. Your thoughts create things, period, good yeah. or bad. What's his last name? Um, Mike Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y. And it's tut, T-U-T dot com. You can sign up and get his like lessons from the universe every day. And they're quick little like two sentences. Like, did you know this? And it's all positive, beautiful energy stuff. Um, but awesome. his, I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. His big thing is thoughts become things. Choose the right ones. Um, but the, the bottom line is you can think negative all day long. This is the, this is the craziest thing. You can t- think negative thoughts all day long. But if you spend four minutes a day feeling like what your life would be like if you had everything you want. So I'm talking about visualizing, like sitting down, put the time around. I do this now, four minutes a day. Think about like what it's going to be like to be living in your body when you have the things you want, the job you want, the house you want, the, whatever it is. You know, what are you wearing? What does it smell like? Who are you with? All of those things. And you're feeling it in your body. You're actually getting the feelings in your body. That has more power in those four minutes to undo all of the negative stuff. So yes. I have not heard of that. I love this. Okay. It's awesome. But thoughts create things but the positive thoughts have so much more power than the negative thoughts. You would think it'd be the opposite. So yeah. you can, you can be crabby all day and think negative things and then just spend four minutes a day visualizing what your life would be like when you have everything you want. And that's going to take you way further. So anything, anyone, yeah, like a, a, a fun new tool um, because you just, you get all that great energy in your body and that, that energy changes your frequency and it starts, you start attracting things that you want in your life easier because you're, you're already set there. Like, you know what it feels like. And, and, and then you get more of it. It's just like the gratitude thing. Awesome. Okay. That's really great. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So now um, your book, you, we want to find out where to find it, but I want to ask a couple questions about the mechanics of it real quick before sure. we go sure. into that. So, so how long did it take you to write it? Um, and how did you find your way to being number one bestseller? Like talk to us. So about yeah, that. so the writing is, I mean, it took me about a year, but that's not me working on it every day for a year. That was me like every day in June last summer, I wrote for two hours a day, every day in September, October. Um, there were days, you know, a couple of those months in there we were moving. So I wasn't writing every day. Um, I would write on the weekends in between my, when I had my other job. So I have to do the hours because people keep asking me and I would, I want to know how many hours it took, but I would say about a year. Okay. Um, and that's just a little bit every day. Um, the, the bestseller thing. So I have a, the publisher who helped me um, self-publish. Well, it's a hybrid publisher. It's called Ignite Press. And um, uh, the guy who owns it, his name's Everett O'Keefe. It's an awesome guy. And I just had him on my podcast. Actually, you can hear it next week if you want. Okay. Um, 
he's a great guy. And basically he loves to help people bring their messages out into the world. So he loves to write and read himself and he's an author too. But really what he loves to do is hear from people like you or me who say like, I have this great idea and I want to get out in the world. And he's like, then you should, and I will help you. And here's how we're going to do it together. And they have editing and book design and all these, you know, they have all the tools to help you. Like they're not going to help you write it. Well, I shouldn't say that. If you have an idea and you haven't written it yet, you also can go to him and he can help you get it down on paper. He can start helping you with the process and pretty quickly write a, write a good book um, because it, there's a really other ways you hadn't thought about before. Like you could talk into your phone and have it transcribed. And that's a, that's a chapter in a book if you talk for an hour, you know? You don't have to actually sit down and type it. So, um, and he, his company will allow, so you launch it on Amazon in one day and what helps is everyone the more people that buy it in that one 24-hour period it um it keeps you know um you keep going up the ranks on amazon because everyone's buying it on the same day so um when my book was promoted it's 99 cents and it was the kindle version for one day and the more people that buy it the more your um the more your uh rankings increase and then you have you pick categories that your book can um um, do well in and you know the categories obviously that fit your book like one of mine is like um, personal testimonies inspiration you know spiritual stuff oh. and um yeah and, and you um it's fun to see because as the day's going by with this this happened a couple of weeks ago like you can see your book in line with some of these other people we've been talking about these writers and authors yes that i admire i'm like oh i'm beating them today in sales well obviously like their book is 10 years old you know, maybe no one's buying it today but today i'm beating it because everyone's buying my book today right. So, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. And it's, um, and it's a, it's an honor that, that never gets taken away from you. Like I published a book, I wrote a book. Um, a lot of people will talk about it and like 10% of people actually ever do it. Right. Um, finish That's the right. book and get it, I mean, they get it published. But then the best selling part is just like, you, you gotta know a lot of people that want to support you and, and um, help you. And I'm blessed to have a lot of people in my life that said, you know, I'll help you. I don't have a huge network, but I know a lot of people that do. And those people, because I've been connecting, which is one of the chapters in my book, connecting with people regularly for years and years and authentically helping other people and giving back and um, building good relationships. I have great relationships and those people want to support me. I love um, it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And I cannot wait to read your book. I it just, it's you. so good. you've done so well. And all right. So the best place then to find, I want to get the name of your podcast. Cause I'll put that in the yeah. show. Yeah. So the book can be um, on Amazon. The, the hardcover is going to be available in a couple of weeks and it's going to be on Barnes and Noble and um, all kinds of other sites where books are available in okay. a couple of weeks. That will be officially everywhere right now. Amazon's the best place to get the paperback or the ebook. Okay. Um, and they can reach, so my podcast is called the Peace and Possibilities Podcast, and my book is Peace, Possibilities, and Perspective, um, and I have, every every week, I just choose a person to have a conversation with that loves what they do, so um, the whole premise of the podcast is I want other people to hear that there are people out there doing what they love and making a living at it, and you can too, yeah. and I want people to know they can do it sooner rather than later, like don't wait like me till you're on 50. Do it when you're 25 or 35 or 40. If you have something to share, don't 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 waste decades of your life being miserable and doing things for other people when you have something in you that 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 can make the world a better place. Like don't wait. Don't wait. Um, Get it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So Peace and Possibilities podcast, your book, um, Peace, Possibilities, and Perspective. And then online, um, do you have an Instagram that we can follow? I do. It's, it's yes to possibility. Yes. And then the number two possibility is Instagram. I'm on Facebook 
also. And then my website is just two, the number two possibility and beyond.com. I love so, that by the way. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. Um, so if, 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 if people like work for a company, they love to have my workshops, my program there, um, they can go online and see the services that I provide in my workshops and um, my podcast can, and book you can find on my website too. Yeah. So anybody listening, if you are um, someone that you're working in a company and you'd like to have Julie as do a workshop, I mean, for me, like I can't imagine anything more fun than mm-hmm. having a workshop with you uh, as with a company, because I bet morale is so, so high after they're done with that. No, it's so exciting. I know. That's why I want to do it for people, companies and not necessarily one-on-one because it's like no more. And everyone gets energy from everyone else. They do. These subjects. Yeah. So true. It's so true. And especially, you know, sometimes, and then we're going to, then we're going to end this because I don't want to take you all day. (laughs) But, um, you know, sometimes when you, if you go to a seminar alone, right. And you get real hyped up and then you go back to work and everybody else is just their own self, you know, Mm -hmm. right. You're, and then you're kind of like, okay, the energy just sort of drains, but if everyone goes together and you're around those people and then the energy just sort of builds. So I love that concept and nice. I think that's brilliant. And I cannot wait to uh, be invited to your workshop that you told uh, Cool. <laughs> All right, Julie, this has been so much fun. I have enjoyed it immensely and um, we will look forward to, I'll look forward to getting your book for, st- for starters and then um, listening to your podcasts and yeah. all the good things. And I'll put all of this in the workshop. So everyone, I mean, in the, um, in the show notes so everyone can can hear it as well. I will say, I forgot to say the audiobook. I've already recorded it. We just need to produce it and get it on Audible. That's probably gonna be about 60 days. So I know there's people like, I have some good friends, like yeah. they're not big readers, like they wanna listen to it. It'll be out in a couple months, so. Yeah, yeah, I love audiobooks, especially, you know, well, when you're driving back and forth to work or whatever, you know, whenever you're driving, I love listening to books on audio. Yeah, so yeah a lot of people do. All right, Julie, this has been wonderful. Go enjoy your day. I know you're busy and um, just have a have a wonderful day. And we will- Thanks, I'm, Heidi. We'll I really enjoyed it. it. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.